welcome to The Virtual Shift, a show looking at the seismic changes happening in healthcare with virtual care at the epicenter. Join me and my guests as we look at key cultural and policy shifts impacting how providers, payers, and patients connect, as well as how care is being reimagined both for today and the future. Hello, and thanks for tuning in today. I'm your host, Tom Foley. You can learn more about this show by visiting the program on healthcarenowradio.com, and be sure to follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, at FoleyTom and the hashtag, The Virtual Shift. We have a great guest on the program today, Taylor McPartland. He is the CEO of Scale Health. Taylor, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me, Tom. Pleasure to be here. Taylor, you know, Scale Health, I'll be honest with you, and and for full transparency, uh, Scale Health has previously recognized the organization that I work for. But I will be honest with you, at the time, I didn't know Scale Health. And uh, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I've been following you ever since, frankly. And I'm realizing I was on one of your conference calls uh, earlier in the week, and it really was a compelling uh, uh, positioning that Scale Health took when we were when you guys were talking about the needs of a of a particular client. And I what I really liked about it is uh, that the uh, the organizer of the call was really trying to drive. Uh, from the vendors to one, understand what the client's needing, and two, pull out your innovation hat, do something different, be bold, right? So those were really, I thought, uh, a differentiator in and of itself, and just in my own personal experience. So my uh, my hat goes off to uh, Scale Health. Uh, you now have a loyal follower, <laughs> different, <laughs> well, than a, different than six months ago, uh, because I really think that you pull in that innovation and that's what the virtual shift likes to talk about is is that what wh- who are the shifters then i do consider sh- scale health is one of the shifters and uh and what do you guys therefore what do you guys see in the market and um and what do you guys uh and what the scale health uh, believe is uh the next uh generation if you will so let's kick off the conversation tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us a little bit about how scale health got going I, I appreciate that. Um, and thank you for the kind words. Um, background on myself, I mean, I'm a, I'm, you know, we're talking about innovators and entrepreneurs here, and and um, that is my background. I'm a, I'm a builder. Um, I'm someone who is passionate about working with with innovators and with entrepreneurs um, who are dedicating their lives to tackling some of the biggest challenges that um, face our society um, and face our friends and neighbors all around the world every single day. Um, and the healthcare industries and our collective health is certainly at the top of that list. And so for me, I'm, um, you know, my background, I'm a serial entrepreneur, Northern California native. Um, I now live in Southern California, which is where, um, although Scale Health works all around the world, we're based in Southern California. Um, and for me, I uh, I, I run a, a company previously for a number of years, and when I stepped away from that, I really uh, I took some time to think about what I was really passionate about. And for me, it was doing everything that I could do to empower those thought leaders, empower those innovators, um, empower individuals who really were you know looking at industries like the healthcare industry and saying you know, there is there's room for improvement here um right. and i want to <laughs> and i want to dedicate my life to improving it and as we both know there's 
there's so many aspects of the industry that that could see improvement um and there are so many good people you know working toward that working towards that future that I feel like my role and the role that scale health plays is is really doing the blocking and tackling and really doing that and matchmaking to make sure that uh, someone with a vision for what the healthcare industry should be can focus on you know, the hard enough job of of growing their company and and putting their company in a position to succeed and to really drive impact. Uh, so you know that's what that's what gets me excited. The company was founded in 2018. Um, we you know have have seen a, a tremendous amount of evolution and growth, certainly because of and as a result of the COVID pandemic. Um, and now we are in, you know, uh, we have partners and innovators in virtually every state and um, in many, many countries around the world from um, all across Europe to um, Australia, Pakistan, Iceland, Peru. Um, and we're bringing really? on about three to four new innovators um, every day. So um, you know, our, our work is just getting started, but we're having a lot of fun. Yeah, I, that, that is very interesting. I did not know that. Uh, so let, let me just read uh, for the audience the vision of Scale Health. The vision of Scale Health is to ensure that everyone has access to innovative healthcare solutions that they need and deserve. That is, uh, to me, that's a lot of, uh, uh, what, what am I trying to say? need and deserve i absolutely agree or there's a there's a challenge here uh, there is a lot of innovation and i you know i was a, a patient portal product manager 10 years 10 years ago and and people would always say ah they're never going to use it that they're never going to use it grandma's never going to use it you know and you know i got an 84 year old uh, mother-in-law and she uses her smartphone every day and <laughs> And uh, and uh, she's Absolutely. always on uh, different apps. So I, I just don't buy the uh, uh, the uh, the you know you know grandma's not going to use it uh, scenario. There's probably some scenarios out there that where grandma isn't going to use it. But uh, with today's uh, day and age, I'm uh, I'm soon to be 62, and I got to believe that people uh, uh, 10 years older than me are just as uh, 10 and 20 years older than me are just capable of using the technology uh, to advance um uh, their cause uh and um and what better way to do it and i am a believer like you i believe when you talk about innovation is that you don't have to go inside the brick and mortar to get healthcare. uh it is a care anywhere model and with the innovation that i always hear scale health talk about that they buy into that so what what do you see out there from all the competition out there there's a lot of noise uh, it doesn't always, uh, you know, it's always uh, try. It's always difficult to rise above it. But what are the, what what are you seeing out there as you look at all these different vendors, and uh, what do you find is some of the differentiations uh, that are available today? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's a it's a great question, Tom, and 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 I look at it from three different uh, three different perspectives. Uh, you know, the first being from the perspective of the the vendors you know the the innovators out there they are spending and, and this is where I, I started just alluding to the blocking and tackling concept but they are are hungry to they they have an amazing idea they have an amazing vision um and they're hungry to try to find the right uh partner whether that be a we refer to them as health organizations but it might be a provider it might be a payer um it might be a corporate uh you know a government ngo um 
but they're hungry to try to find a partner that is meeting them where they're at. And so there's a lot of time spent uh, not on door trying to understand, you know, you as a potential client of, of my innovation, is this something that would be helpful for you? What do you need to see from me? There's there's te- technical compatibility considerations. There's budgetary considerations. There's um, there's just the the burden that is put on health systems in this day and age that it's getting harder and harder for them to adopt um, innovative solutions into their their daily practice. And so, from an innovator standpoint. You know, a lot of what we try to think about is how can we, and you alluded to this, you know, during the webinar the other day, how can we really break down those barriers so that it is very clear a startup all around the world coming into the scale health platform can very clearly see what health organizations are in need of their solution and what they need to do to best position themselves for that conversation with that health partner when when the time is right. That's the first thing that we look at, the first thing that we try to address when uh, separating the the signal from noise and 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 the in the space. Second is the other side of that coin. Um, you know, looking at it from the health organization standpoint, they want to be innovative. Um, these decision makers at a at a health system, but they're they they want to be innovative, want new solutions for what they're the challenges that are keeping them up at night but they have hundreds if not thousands of you know bound pitch quests um, every single day whether it be on linkedin or or emails and they don't have the time to take 15 minute conversations with with each one conversely they don't want to delete the one that actually could save them time and maybe save their their hospital or you know jobs on their team and so they're kind of um, stuck between this rock and a hard place and so what we try to do there is really the inverse of what we do on the startup side and say you tell us what you're looking for and you know tell us what when you go to bed at night and you think if there was a perfect solution out there that did this and hit these three bullets that's a no-brainer for me i want to I want to spend, you know, 30 minutes talking to that solution. I want to, you know, seriously consider piloting or partnering or implementing that solution. And so we try to, I we do that legwork to identify the right solutions again from around the world that um, they should talk to and and save time and and save money on both sides in that way. Yeah. And then the the last element is just from the you know most importantly is from the patient side and just thinking through with all of the solutions out there um i mean you made a great point about uh, rural populations elderly populations you know the digital gaps or the the challenges around um technology adoption from from patients maybe the challenges or the lack of challenges in adopting technology but how can patients really find a solution or leverage a solution that really meets them where they're at taking into account their their location their their primary language you know their their illness or what brought them to the, the hospital in the first place so we get really excited about working with solutions that are able to you know as an example um deliver to the patient via text message the message um, a video of their doctor speaking to them in whatever their primary language is saying hey you know tom thanks for coming in today remember 
here's what I want you to do. Um, and I look forward to seeing you again, you know, in, in two weeks or in a month. And in that way, just do away with, you know, the, the thick packet of papers that they may or may not read or may or may not be able to understand when they leave the hospital um, and just put them in a much better position to be able to, like, like they're alluded to in our, uh, in our vision, just put them in a position to be able to have access to the care that they, they need and that we firmly believe they deserve. Well, what do you do? What would you define as more innovative feature function or clinical outcomes? And the reason why I ask that is, you know, with remote patient monitoring, chronic care management, you always hear a lot of vendors say, hey, use us. We can make you $200 per patient per per month richer, right? And so therefore, you know, we're the, we're the chosen one. But at the end of the day, when you get to the deployment, uh, you know, they're only 65% compliant in the 16-day measure. But yet they're still paying $40 per patient, even though they don't, that provider doesn't have any reimbursables. So feature function to me is important, uh, especially more so in the in the rural setting uh, and how do you reach those patients. Uh, but um, to my, in my view, innovation is centered on outcomes, clinical outcomes. How do you move that patient along the awareness to a wellness continuum uh, and, and then hence be able to establish a better uh, lifestyle uh, because of your engagement. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? I completely agree with that. And I would even take it a step. Uh, first off, I agree, but I would even take it a step further and, and just think about the concept of, of innovation. Um, not so much as a, as a separate startup or as a separate department, but as something that is really built inherently into the decision-making process and strategic um, direction of organizations. Um, you know, we hear the term innovation and we think, okay, that's, that's going to disrupt everything. That's, you know, we're going to, you know, it's going exactly. to, if I'm 30 year veteran at a hospital and, and I'm hearing, you know, oh, we need to be innovative now. I'm thinking, well, that, you know, what does that mean for me? And I think the, the challenge there is that it, not that innovation has become a, uh, a negative word because I think it's a great word and it's something that we should be embracing, but it's a, it's a word that's kind of law. We use it so much that it kind of loses its meaning to a certain yeah, exactly. extent. And exactly. I, I think that if we look at how I'll, I'll use the word, but if we look at innovation as just a way of looking at the way our process is and making sure that our process is nimble enough so that if the opportunity presents itself for that incremental financial improvement and we decide that that's a route we want to go, great. If that comes down to being able to plug in something that might be a, a larger solution that touches more departments of our hospital um, or our health plan, but drives much broader, more improved clinical outcomes, amazing. But it shouldn't, in my mind, innovation shouldn't be something that's sidelined as a as a nice to have, it's not a vitamin, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a pain, <laughs> it's, a, it's a pain pill. <laughs> it's a pain pill. Yeah. So, you know, if you look at it, uh, from a clinical perspective, uh, we have more and, and where we spend our money, right. The, the whole notion of value-based care was, is to, uh, increase the, the greater, uh, re, uh, reduce the cost of care while, uh, increasing the, the quality of wellness or the state of wellness in each patient, right? 
but uh, but we have more folks with diabetes today than yesterday. We have more people that are obese today than yesterday. You can, and that's almost verbatim for every clinical category. So we're, and this is not a, um, this is not a negative towards the providers or health systems. It's just, you know, we do have some uh, other macro trends, right? We have an older age or sicker population with less doctors and nurses. To me, that's the problem, right? So how do you, how do you provide greater quality of care and reduce your costs when you have less doctors and nurses available to treat that older age or sicker population? To me, that's, that's the challenge. So how can we be innovative in how we deliver care uh, with, some, uh, with some new tools outside of the brick and mortar uh, that, uh, that ultimately changes lives? And that, so that's really, and to me, uh, as my audience uh, knows, uh, I'll rattle off my standard stick, and that is the average uh, Medicare patient has five chronic conditions, has sees nine different doctors, only in, uh, in front of their doctors, I should say they're in front of their doctor, 15 hours in a given year. Change, wellness, occurs in the other 8,745 hours when the doctor's not, when you're not in front of the doctor. And that's really where innovation has to come. It's, it's meeting the patient, to your point, where they're at and when they need it and be, sim- and, and be simple about it relative to how do they access that technology, if you will, and how do you access that clinical content or educational programs or, you know, making it easy to check your glucose level or your blood pressure and stepping on the scales and, and things of that nature, right? So, To me, that is really what, uh, you know, innovation needs to focus on. Innovation in how we change the way we engage the delivery of care in the 8,745 hours we're not in front of our doctor. That's where outcomes are going to be delivered the most. Thoughts on that? I I completely agree. And I think it's looking looking outside. And and I love the, I love the, the breakdown of hours that you just mentioned there because it's so jarring when you when you hear them um and i think there's there's things that can be done on both sides there those 15 hours in front of your doctor um how can we make sure that the doctor is able to be not only physically intellectually and you know emotionally present with you there um and not you know not being spending the majority of their time focused on their typing into this uh screen or or thinking about they only have 30 seconds with you for this particular appointment because they have to you know do all of these operational or administrative exactly. things separately. Exactly. I think that's huge. I think also from the to your other point, the those remaining hours, those those hours that are focused on the, the hours that are really are dedicated to how well we how well we can be as people, how healthy we can be as a population. I'm really passionate about those kind of big picture thoughts and, and thinking to myself, okay, well, if it comes down to so much of wellness um, being what we eat on a daily basis, what can be done to influence one member in each household to eat healthier? And if that person is the same one that is buying the groceries, how can we, what can be done to influence to buy you know healthier groceries or if they can't afford them or if they don't have access to a, a grocery store what can be done to address that and so we're obviously talking about very big challenges and and and, and big problems but they're the problems that need to be fixed 
otherwise we're not going to reverse this trend this very negative trend that we're seeing yeah and and you're and you're right on many on fronts there so you know i always talk about you know a patient not only needs access to care they need access to a cure and i will never mm-hmm. forget the episode that i had uh, many uh, months ago with a, a civil rights leader and uh, he was saying that in the urban neighborhoods you know, you know th- when when a patient is told hey eat better right lose some weight and diet they go down to the neighborhood grocery store and there's 66 different flavors of beer and potatoes, uh, potato chips and pretzels, but there's no apples and oranges and tomatoes and lettuce, right? So, you know, having access to that cure is uh, is just as important. And that leads into the idea of equity, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm not a believer. My, my audience knows that I'm not a believer. I'm hopeful. I pray for, uh, frankly, uh, for uh, better equity, but and uh, I've been saying as of late, until the politicians uh, use their state-level Medicaid insurance program as their insurance program, <laughs> they're never going to realize uh, what they're asking their people to to go through and what to use, uh, uh, because they they're just not in that space. They don't see it the way their uh, their people see it, if you will. Uh, so I, I, I'm, equity to me is equal access to care. It doesn't matter who you are, what color you are, what uh, what uh, orientation you are. It, it just uh, care is important, and health and 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 wellness is something that you have to embrace, uh, and you should have the right to access whatever you need uh, in order to uh, to achieve that that state. I, I don't your your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I, I I keep thinking back to a story that I heard, you know, not too long ago from you know some of the providers that we work with, and the, and they're they're coming to us and saying, you know, when we have patients coming in who are, you know, we're we're prescribing them, you know, potentially life saving medications that they need to take, and they need to make the decision on taking that medication or being able to buy food like what kind of a choice is that um exactly that's something we need to fix you definitely need to fix yep i've been at i myself have been at the counter at cvs saying hell how you doing come on good rx because i need paying that price <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh I, I, we we joke but it is very a very serious uh uh situation in the state of healthcare delivery and uh, the ultimate uh, uh, objectives is slipping away from us, in my view. And uh, we need uh, innovators to uh, influence the outcome side of the equation more than by my technology, it'll work type of thing, right? Because it's cool and yeah. it's sexy, right? Yeah. So uh, we, we have a minute left. Uh, tell us what's next for Scale Health. I mean, we we. We touched on it or we alluded to it here a few times for us. Um, you know, we have some amazing, amazing initiatives that are live right now um, on the Scale Health platform. Uh, we also have some really exciting ones coming down the, the pipe in the very near future, all with focus on bringing together uh, decision makers and health organizations uh, with amazing innovative solutions um, that are really trying to drive uh, positive outcomes uh, to 
allow all of us and all of our neighbors to to live the healthier lives that they deserve. From our standpoint, we're looking to further continue to build our technology and continue to, to drive downstream so that we are not just bringing those two sides to the table uh, um, in a way that saves both sides money, but we're actually able to alleviate the burden on both sides and, and do everything that we can do to ensure that once there is that that connection, once the the health system is able to identify the, the one several innovators in the scale health ecosystem that they want to work with, that we can do everything we can do to ensure that that initial partnership really does turn into a an amazingly productive, um, healthy and impactful marriage long term for, yeah. for both sides. So that's that's where we're going on the on the technology platform and um, on the the ecosystem um, side, we uh, we are going to be doing a a lot of a lot of traveling over the second half of this year. We're going to be at the health conference. Um, we're going to be at a number of other conferences in the fall. And so, anyone listening to this, you know, we would love to have you come by. And if you see this health logo, we'd love to love to say hi and love to learn more about what you're doing and and just see how we can best help. Awesome. We'll leave it there. Taylor McPartland, uh, CEO of Scale Health. Uh, thanks for joining the program. Great conversation. Appreciate it. Tom, thanks so much. Pleasure to be here. That's today's shift. I appreciate the audience taking the time to tune in. If you missed part of today's episode, you can tune back in at the healthcarenowradio.com at the same time, 11 a.m. or 7 p.m. Eastern throughout the week. And be sure to check out the program page at thevirtualshift.co. As well, remember to follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter at FoleyTom, and follow the show's hashtag, The Virtual Shift. I'm Tom Foley. Until the next shift.